So since we've discussed, we've started to discuss about Bruno's role in the family. <laughs> Any comments yeah. about other characters or more comments about Bruno before we go to the third question? Honestly, we can make an episode per character because of how different and well fleshed out they are and how they are so real to life as well. And we know many people, not just in our family, but outside of our own family that is well represented by them. <laughs> the listeners may uh, hear more about in the video mom suggested because uh, she discussed psychological theories and concepts by Virginia Satir, which I honestly loved as much as how people love astrology it's on <laughs> i really like reading about it i read more about it but it, i think it's best explained if they watch that video as well should we go basic and talk about louisa because i think she was the 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 center <laughs> of just she she's the the poster girl for intergenerational <laughs> trauma it's which, hard. Is very, even... which is very unique actually I, I think I yeah. read something that she that her character was debated on she would be mm. created as someone who is muscular because you know women well this is for another topic yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's so bad for Louisa bro oh my god I love how they animated her first of all because you can see the pain in her eyes, in her face, the way she fights Cerberus in, in her uh, musical number, the lines in her song. And I say I love how a lot of panganais, a lot of eldest uh, sibling in the Philippines related to her so much. And that made me think, like, my kuya ako, my panganay kami. I, I never once asked him how he felt when he helped me through college. Never once asked him. My parents, he, my parents talked to him, but I didn't. Now I feel bad. I yeah. contributed to Louisa. <laughs> I contributed to the Louisa and my brother. And I feel so bad. And like, I want to call him. I want to apologize. But that's so awkward, you know. And I think that makes me Louisa too, in a way. The, 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 the emotional stuff just, ugh, you know, especially with family. So yeah, yeah, and then that led me to thinking, oh, maybe we all have a little bit of Louisa in all of us, not just Panganais. So yeah, that's why she's the poster girl for intergenerational trauma. Yeah. yeah. I love her. I should probably buy like a little doll of her just because I love honestly, her. Same. Capitalism is working on me. <laughs> I hate it. I love, honestly, Louisa maybe, uh, I don't know if she's my favorite, but she at least is one of my favorite characters by how a side character, not even a, I know she's part of the main cast, but she's not the main character, but she feels just as significant as everyone yes. else did. Not because, oh, she has a, she has powers, but because of her character itself. I like what you said regarding, like, you didn't even think about your um, older brother. And I think that that's what I love about her song is it's, reminding people to humanize like not that they're dehumanizing the people in their life but sometimes when you're going through a lot of things you don't really think anyone else is i think that's a very universal issue <laughs> where yeah. you kind of get in on your own little world and you know drown in a bit of self-pity self-hatred that you think that okay i'm going through the worst and everyone else is fine 
So I shouldn't worry about them. I should worry about myself, but do absolutely nothing to fix that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the main like... character syndrome in all of us. Ah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, the word just, I was looking We for. all think we're the main character. We're not, by the way. We're not. We're <laughs> really in not. In some cases, we are not. But in therapy, we are. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's true. In therapy, we it are. It depends so. on your location, maybe. Depends on the scene. So, I guess. The environment and the situation. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for pointing out Im- important aspects of, although we just discussed about Bruno and Luisa. You gave me an idea for, you know, commentary on each character, but we'll think about it. The concept or character of Luisa is actually related to that because I'm the eldest in the family. But not necessarily the entire thing, no. Uh, although there, yeah, there there were parts where like, oh, that's me. <laughs> but but, but uh, just just like Dias mentioned, there's uh, Luisa, and I think every character is relatable because at one point in our life, if we choose to, we can experience everybody at a certain point in our life. That may sound that yeah, that sounded poetic. Well, <laughs> until Abuela stage. So if ever you do not choose to to change or to break the cycle or to cut you know intergenerational transgenerational trauma eventually we will end up as characters of abuela no discrimination or whatsoever to elders and whatnot but it's the character that is portrayed where you set rules that are not or that are no longer applicable to the generation that you want to affect or that you want to guide or support which leads us to the third question. In an individual and maybe in a collective perspective, how do you choose to break transgenerational trauma? Maybe in terms of your family. Well, I know it's difficult for Dai to, you know, call call your brother <laughs> and actually, you know, ask how he's doing. Ang awkward. Fun fact. <laughs> like, hindi uso sa amin yung, ano, yung I love you sa family members. Like, I've never said that ever. Like, it's okay, implied. Then. Like, everyone knows like we don't do it it's so weird so like we all have that in us so yeah magandang episode siya ma'am the i know three words that you can't say are like just saying i love you and then dot dot yeah. family just to make it mm-hmm. clear na, na, you're, you're giving me podcast ideas podcast yeah. podcast episode ideas yes i already have a list <laughs> in my mind <laughs> but yeah how do you choose to break transgenerational trauma so how do i choose to break transgenerational trauma in your question like how how do you me right me personally i mean my parents already broke a lot of it like my lola was probably abuela she was abuela talaga she put pressure on my mom pinag-aral niya mga kapatid niya tapos she never went back mayata noon na to here to lawalter hometown so sobrang pressure she went to manila and then concentrated talaga on providing for the family. And and I think my mom did her best to break that cycle. Pero kasi, it's hard. It's one thing to break the cycle in in, in a country na, na madali lang ang, 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 na mababa ang low cost of living. Pero when you live in a country like ours, in the Philippines, mas mahirap siya especially with like with money stuff kasi ayun ang ano intergenerational trauma dito sa Pilipinas pag suporta financially it didn't exactly break the pressure is still on for my brother for the eldest for my other brother and for me as well i i pay bills 
sa bahay na din, I contribute. Pero I, I think the pressure is greater on my brother. Pero I know that my parents did their best to break some some ano, um, cycles. Like for example, yung disiplina. Because uh, yung disiplina noon, talagang physical abuse yan. Diba? Trigger warning. Physical abuse, emotional, mental abuse. Ang disiplina noon. Yeah, they never did that to me. Hindi, hindi ako, hindi naman nila ginawa yun. Like, yung parang noon, yung itatali ka sa poste, ganun, tapos papahiyain ka. Ganun ang kultura ng Pilipinas noon, ng parents noon. And they stopped that. And the parents now, yung millennials ngayon, I can see it changing. I've, I've, I'm following this, ano eh, this parent on Facebook uh, doing gentle parenting. And I see her be patient with her kid, communicating with her kid. And, and that gives me hope. That gives me so much hope for the next generation. Tayo dapat yung next generation, but we'll try again. So yeah, um, that gives me so much hope. So how do I choose to break generational trauma is one, recognize, two, change. So I recognize what's wrong and I change, you know, whatever I can change. Like for example, hmm, mapapamangkin ko, uh, little cousins. Kasi di ba ugali ng Pilipino, pipilitin mo yung bata sumayaw, pipilitin mo yung bata po uh, lumapit sa adults, magmano, maghug, magkiss. Yeah, not on my watch. <laughs> I don't do that. I do not, as much as I can, pag nakita kong ginagawa nila yan, kukunin ko yung bata. Do you wanna go here? Do you wanna go there? Do you wanna see this? And when they say yes, I take them away. I, that's how I choose to break it. And I try to, ano, communicate din sa mga bata. Now, once they start trying, kasi ako ang babysitter. Kasi ako pinakabata sa amin na nasa dito sa Pilipinas. So, ako naging babysitter. So so I try to ano talk with them like adults. I don't baby talk mga ganun. Hindi ko sila pinipilit kung ayaw nila. Ganun. So so it's the little things then. The things uh, the way I behave around them, the way I talk to them. Like when I babysit them is yeah, that's how I choose to do it kasi one wala akong anak and two my pusa ako. So yeah, I break the generational trauma with my cat by giving her whatever she wants. To constantly improve, not just as a family, but as a community as well. Because as they say, it takes a village to raise a child. So that goes back to yung national context na yan, the big picture. It's not a family problem, a community problem, yung transgenerational trauma. And we have to do our part as a community. That's why ano, um, ethnicities na, na colonize or na, na, na traumatized, they usually become very family-oriented, diba? and they become community-oriented. Uh, like, for example, the African-Americans, they have their own language, the AAVE, they have their own vernacular language. They have, the, they have certain words that only they can use. And they have certain um, uh, cultures, uh, parts of their culture that they talaga guard to become exclusively theirs because the colonizers took so much away. So their entire community is so on guard. So yeah, it's not just an individual, it's a community effort. 
that's why it's important so hair is so important to them things that are so mundane to us hair care pananamit pananalita they're they're so on guard so yeah thank you for that extensive answer and i also appreciate how it's relatable when you say babysitter in the context of maybe previous generations it's just to keep watch quote unquote just for the child not to get into accidents <laughs> and not to eventually be hurt no in the context of babysitter but right now babysitter is you have an influence in terms of how these children would create their own perspective about the world and i also appreciate how you mentioned dai that stopping the the forcing of you know showing affection especially physical gestures of hugging of manopo because in a separate context <laughs> there's still a thin line there's still a border in terms of how this can perpetuate abuse but we won't go there so so yeah um allowing the children to actually have their say and understand that they can actually have their own opinion even if we're still in the formative stage because you know what others do children see they do so yeah that that's an entire psychological theory but parents and adults you have a big role in children's lives i actually wanted to uh, for the for my answer i feel like i want to circle back to what dai said once more <laughs> um regarding pointing fingers i feel like in the process of trying to heal it is so easy just look at where where it went wrong and why it went wrong because you want to because i think it's a instinct to ch- to try to dwell on things that are not important because you're scared to take a step towards actually doing something about it i don't know if that's just a me thing but <laughs> i feel like it's a universal thing <laughs> regardless and one thing that i've learned um and this is uh my own personal motto <laughs> these things these traumas these experiences they are valid but they should be reasons and not excuses because i feel like once you're aware it's like okay she's like this or he's like this because his uh father abused her or something like that or whatever you went through those are your reasons but once you're kind of aware that that's what's causing your habits your unhealthy mindset those reasons can no longer be excuses and i feel like at that point i think the reason why we keep doing that to ourselves is that we can't admit that we're comfortable in our discomfort honestly not because it's that doesn't make sense to maybe some people like no 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 why would i do that why would i do that to myself because that's all you know because that's the that's the cocoon that you've kind of built around yourself not and others built around you and breaking out of that is just this really uncomfortable and foreign concept so pointing fingers blaming everyone blaming your past just feels it feels like you're doing something though that's not anything and you're still remaining where you are you're doing something about it you think you are but you're just remaining exactly how you have been because it's the most familiar thing to you and 
I notice in comment section, again, I'm going back to the comment section of videos regarding Encanto because I feel like they're just as informative as the videos themselves because it's a lot of people are sharing their experiences and it kind of gives us new perspectives on the film. And one of them, I noticed a lot of people, it shows their position in their family depending on who they blame for the wreckage of the house because <laughs> I noticed there was this um, there was this person in the comment and then I think she was a bit young because she was saying my I thought that it was Abuela's fault for why the house broke down but my father said that it was Mirabel's meddling that caused the breakage if only she didn't mess up the family dynamic everything would have been okay and I and then everyone in the section, you know, you know, good for them, uh, good on them. They're like supporting her like, no, your father is the, your father missed the point or something like that. And they were like telling her, no, you're valid, you're seen and all that stuff. And I feel like I'm not saying they all missed the point, too, but I feel like that's what's great about this film. It's dividing and uniting at the same time because it's everyone's fault. Again, the blame game, it's everyone's fault. Everyone has a part in it. Though little, though big, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. Because if you notice in the film, when cracks started forming, when Abuela was talking to Mirabel's parents, like you've always been hard on her, and then the cracks started forming again. Or when Mirabel was outcasted during Antonio's um, whole uh, door event, she started seeing cracks on the wall. It's during these times of family strife is when the cracks kept forming. And it's during the times when they mend those disconnections is when it starts getting stronger. And so I, don't, I really think it's, it, is a hard, uh, it is a hard thing to break. And like Dai said, it, it, you know, it's the little things you do. It's the little steps you do. And connecting it to what I uh, what I said earlier, the first step's the hardest, yes, but it doesn't have to be a big step. It can be these little steps as well. Personally, I started with my own sister, and because you know the age gap, I think the age gap is what is difficult for me and my sister as well, because we're five years. I know that's like little to a lot, a lot of other people. Like, oh, five years? Me and my sister or brother is like 10, 20 years apart. And, you know, true, true. <laughs> but again, me and my sister, we're, we have a big age gap, in my opinion. And I think that the moment I started understanding her was when I saw her as an equal. And that seems like, why do well, you didn't see her as an equal before? And the problem is I'm the older sister and I've always seen as like the caregiver and I have, I mean, I'm responsible for all her mistakes and all her screw ups and all. And then the, the moment I realized she was my equal was when I was going through something that I'm not going to disclose. <laughs> but when I was going through something, she advised me and told me what's what. And the, the, uh, to give context, she's a very quiet person. So the fact that she called me out and told me what I didn't want to hear, but what I needed to hear, I realized she cares for me as much as I do care for her. And that despite the age and despite I do have more responsibilities, 
she can contribute just as much. And once I saw her eye to eye, the cracks started fading away. And I feel like that's, uh, and I feel like if I can do this with her, I feel like it's just a matter of time as I can slowly try to understand my own parents and hopefully they can see me as an equal as well. It's relatable in a sense, especially your concept of it's very difficult to admit that you you are afraid of the discomfort that your comfort zone brings you. Because admitting that you have a comfort zone in the first place means that there is more to explore, means that there are more resources to read on, more experiences of other people that you haven't really experienced where you can learn from. Vicarious learning, (laughs) shout out, (laughs) Uh, cognitive and social psychology. But in terms of going outside your comfort zone, I think in, in my context, what I first thought of and I heard Sam explain was choosing your career. It might sound a little um, off-topic, but in terms of generations, there are certain careers that bring more money, more fame, more stability in context. And so in terms of my personal experience, I'm the first one who chose psychology in both <laughs> both sides of the family. Um, thoughts, initial context of what psychology is. But right now, seeing more people being open to the idea that you can have a career in the soft sciences, <laughs> in the human sciences, <laughs> yeah, quote-unquote soft sciences, is very inspiring even for me to continue in this journey and also to motivate more people to do what they like. Because essentially, you can thrive in careers. Yes, you can thrive in careers that, you know, bring in the money and bring in whatever you'd like in terms of the materialistic context. But it's still different to have a career based on your skills and based on what you'd want to be and who you want to be without people behind you saying that you should do this because it brings whatever yeah, people always have something to say. I think that never goes away, talaga. Again, the abuela in others. <laughs> There's always... Abuela is in everyone in a positive and negative sense. You know, I keep going back to her. My complex yata ako abuela. Oh yeah, no, I remember why I keep going back to her. I know, kasi uh, with the comment section part that you talked about, Sam, Um, yeah, I remember the behavior ng, of of Filipino Twitter towards Abuela. Oh, yes. They hate her. They hate her so much. They saw so much of whoever gave them whatever they have. Whoever it is in their family. Yeah, whoever their Abuela is, they saw it in her. And I felt so bad for Abuela because she just went through, you know, yung yung trauma. She's the first, sa yung source. Sa unang sumalo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, siya yung unang-una sumalo ng mga problema, ng pressure ng buong community. The pressure of the magic, the pressure of raising children with magic. Raising yeah, children she alone. She was a single mom. She was a single, High single mom moms. of triplets. Saludo. Exactly. I feel bad for Abuela. Filipino Twitter just simplified her her yeah. experiences because they they're not seeing a full featured film about her they just saw like little glimpses <laughs> of her life of her trauma and then they're seeing 
Mirabelle's in like a much longer time. And I feel like, I, I don't know if that contributed. I feel like it did. And also, it's so much easier to blame the adults. I mean, they do have their faults. But I feel like they just villain. I think this is going back to what I said is when you villainize people in your life to make it yeah. to make them easier to like understand. You don't want to understand. The thing is, you have to you have to like understand these figures that are present in your life and what they're doing to you. And you know, most of us will just simplify them as like they're this in my life. And this is all they are. There's nothing more to them. And it's so easy to villainize these types of people because they're so flattened out on paper. And again, it shows the age, like the comment section, like I said about the comment section, it really shows not just the age, just like their position in the family on which side they take. Is it Abuelas or is it Mirabelle's or is it whomever? The thing about it is, again, it's not really about who's like who's really the real villain. The thing about the film is there is no real villain. And I love that. I love Agreed. how everyone is equally yeah. flawed. People will argue about, about yes. this, but they're all equally flawed. Flawed. Some people can see Mirabelle's naivety and need to like please people as a flaw. They can see Abuela seeing problems as as a singular thing instead of individualizing them and you know tackling each one in a in a much in a much more intimate manner as like a flaw. Like there are so many flaws in every single one of them, and it. They kind of just had like they, each of them just go in the crossfire of each other's issues, and that's what I love about. The, I feel like I'm fan. I'm like I'm just be. I'm just like fangasming about this film <laughs> throughout this entire thing. Just like oh my god, there's this is so good at representing this and that. <laughs> How it's sparking so much debates. You know, people don't like debates. People don't like drama and all that. But honestly, I like it. Because it's yeah. inevitable, and I'd rather it be about this. Yeah, it's the internet. It's gonna spark drama by just like someone breathing. I'd rather it yeah. be about this. It's like, oh my god, did you see him breathe during? <laughs> like, I at least it's about this, and at least it's Beautiful getting content. some. <laughs> yeah, it's getting yes. some virality in on the internet, and that's the best way to spread anything. I love how an entire country just pointed their fingers at Abuela and they're like, oh, yeah. yep, yep. That's, yeah. that's what happened to me. That's what's happening to me right now. If she wasn't such a, uh, like, yeah, Mirabel like, wouldn't be like this. It's a blame game on a national level. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's an intriguing start or an intriguing first step in a deeper sense of actually recognizing, you know, even if you use characters, oh, you're being an abuela, you know, it. it I think it would become uh, yeah. that type of yeah. effect. That would be so funny. So yeah, <laughs> going yeah, on a so tangent. One thing I noticed yeah. about the film: Did you notice everyone's last name is Madrigal, including? the men who married into the family and I just, you know, 
I just like that a uh, little. I think it helped to uh, emphasize the matriarch. It was to yeah. emphasize like the matriarch of the family because she's leader of the pack. Yeah. It was to like portray that she's mm-hmm. at the top of the triangle. She's and also I want to talk mom. about like why is it why is it Mirabel can't like feel her dad as someone she can relate to and like because he doesn't have powers and he's fine why can't she just be fine with it the thing is they married into the family they contributed in abuela's eyes they have a different set of expectations put onto them no one expects them to have powers no one expects them to be this magical thing majority respect on them because they provided you know Services. The babies, <laughs> the babies <Dude>. that <laughs> continued the legacy. So it's like, good on you guys. You guys are useful. You guys did your part, and yeah, you're done. That's all we needed you for. Good on you. <laughs> and then the pressure went on to you know the second generation to make more babies, since <laughs> yeah. uh, no one's really like very hyped about. Mirabelle, like, well, she can still have children. But if you notice how they reacted by her even touching Antonio, guiding him to the to his door, they were already like, oh, my God, she has she has the cooties. Please, please do not put your bad luck on it. It's a it also shows the superstitious side of the culture, which I like. There's so many little details. (laughs) Okay, and before we go more off tangent, <laughs> we conclude <laughs> this session or this episode, but stay tuned. We might talk about a lot of things um, in another yes. episode. But yeah, your message for the audience in whatever context or to whoever you would like to share an insight to. Do what you can. The little things matter, man. It's like the way you talk to a child to um, how you, I don't know, treat them as an adult it's a ripple effect and and to recognize that sometimes there are just things that you can't control and the only way to um and the only thing you can control is the way you react to it so yeah thank you for that awesome summary (laughs) of a message (laughs) sam well for me mom to summarize what i felt about um this topic is don't let your reasons turn into excuses. It didn't start with you, but it might as well end with you. And yeah, that's the shortest thing I've ever said in this whole entire podcast. (laughs) It suffices. It suffices. So thank you so much, Dai and Sam. We have a long discussion off record, but thank you for giving insight in terms of this new but old concept of intergenerational and transgenerational trauma so that would be another episode we'll see you in the next one thank you guys bye bye adios